Who besides the Colts, Jonathan Taylor, is a risky player to draft in fantasy football that you should avoid in your drafts? It's time to break it out right here, right now, as we begin another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Ironwood. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majuk, researcher for NFL Network and fantasy analyst for NFL.com. We have an exciting show ahead because we're talking about risk and risk tolerance and guys we want to avoid, high-risk, low-reward type players that we're looking at. And we're not just talking Jonathan Taylor here. We'll talk about him briefly here, Michelle, and uh, then get to other guys we may not be touching in drafts at this point. Uh, Taylor physically unable to perform list. So we will talk about some other guys that you also need to consider that are highly risky picks here for your fantasy football teams in 2023. We are Locked On Fantasy Football, your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in your league. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen every day and i am proud to tell you that this episode of locked on fantasy football is brought to you by linkedin jobs linkedin jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked nfl that's linkedin.com slash locked nfl to post your job for free terms and conditions apply all right michelle uh, i'll give you a few moments here to think about uh, what you're going to do with john and taylor and drafts and then We'll get into two of your other risky picks at running back here that you're going to avoid here in 2023. Yeah. So with the Jonathan Taylor thing, right? We, it, it seemed like all day long on Tuesday, it was like it, trade rumors were heating up. It seemed like it was really going to get done with the Dolphins. And then all of a sudden we hit the deadline and he's staying with the Colts. But the worst possible scenario that I wasn't even thinking of, they didn't take him off the pup list. So now he has to miss the first four games, even if he were to be traded like that's it's just he's out for the first four weeks. And if you're unlucky like me and you drafted before this news, I drafted Jonathan Taylor in my main league and thinking he was going to go to the Dolphins. He did not. So that's unfortunate. But now I feel like he's in the same boat as Alvin Kamara, right? He's but at least with Alvin Kamara, you know, he's missing three games and he's going to come back and he's going to be the lead back for his team with Jonathan Taylor. He's definitely out four weeks, but you don't even know if he's coming back after that. You have no idea what's going on with this team because it seems like if he were to have been traded, he'd be playing week one, right? Like, I don't really know what his injury is that he can't play for the first four weeks. So I don't even know where you can possibly draft him. Like, I'm still even taking like James Conner and Alexander Madison and Damian Pierce, like guys like that over Jonathan Taylor for sure. And then maybe once you get to like the DeAndre Swift, Isaiah Pacheco range, maybe that's when you start to take a chance on Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, not to pile on this and to make it feel even worse, Michelle, but there's a couple of things in play with Jonathan Taylor. He might be stretching out this injury after he comes back from PUP and says, you know what, I want to accrue this season to make sure I'm a free agent or whatever next year to make sure – 
that I'm still good to go to join any team next year. So this could linger. So that's one part of the bad news. The other part is there's no clear cut solution with this Colts backfield because Zach Moss may be returning here in week one. Evan Hall's looked good, but he's not great. Deion Jackson was pretty good for a stretch last year, but until kind of the wheels came off for him a little bit. So I don't know where you go. I think this could be a full-blown committee. You also have to worry about Anthony Richardson running and cutting into this. So it's pretty ugly. So unfortunately, Jonathan Taylor is a risk all around because there's no fallback plan that you have, might have with, say, a, a Javonta Williams, right, where you can get some AJP Ryan and do that. But there's nothing here that we can uh, do here. So you I am wondering – do you think they signed Kareem Hunt? Because there was news today that a few teams have come and offered Kareem Hunt a contract. It seems like it'd be a, a great fit there, right? Kareem Hunt gets to go somewhere there. He gets to start uh, in a backfield for at least the first four weeks and show what he can do. And then you would think they're actually desperate for a running back right now. So maybe they pay him a little something. I think at that point, then if you were to grab Don the Taylor, then maybe you also, you know, take Kareem Hunt. Or if Hunt doesn't sign, yeah. I do think Zach Moss would be the guy to grab, but it's not exciting uh, at all. So yeah, it's just an unfortunate situation all around. Yeah, it's pretty bad here. And uh, you touched on Kamara. I'll, I'll just uh, start with him real quick. He's one of my risky running backs here. And I'm just going to tell you quickly before you get into your two, I'm out on Alvin Kamara this year. Even if he was fully healthy, I was going to be out on Alvin Kamara. He's got too much volume. The wear and tear is there. Jamal Williams is there to cut into some of his touchdown work. You have Kendry Miller there who's going to have a role at some point. I'm not thrilled about the Saints offense in general. I just don't want to touch Alvin Kamara. Just too risky for me, missing too much time. And Jamal Williams, it's okay, but then when – Kamara's back, then you're trying to figure out this combination. It's not going to be just throwing it back to Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. So I'm out on Alvin Kamara, and I think it's a little bit different, we know, because it's a suspension and he'll be back. But he's had injuries pile up as well, so I'm afraid when he comes back, I don't know. Like, I think things may break down. You're already missing a good chunk. If he misses three or four more games with a nagging ankle injury, you're done here. So, uh, yeah, I'm out on these type of players, and the so that's my easy – that was my layup. So I'll give you two harder ones there that uh, you've chosen that you're going to avoid in drafts. Yeah, I'm avoiding Ramondre Stevenson, at least at his cost or even close to his cost. I thought he was too high before Ezekiel Elliott signed, and now with Ezekiel Elliott, like, I really don't want to touch the Patriots' backfield. You know, the Patriots' backfield for fantasy has been a headache for a long time now, pretty much as long as Belichick has been there. But – Stevenson gets like this glory from starting the season really hot and getting all those receptions like weeks one through eight. He was averaging over 18 touches per game, 97 scrimmage yards per game, nearly 17 fantasy points per game. But in the second half of the season from weeks nine through 18, those all dropped significantly. And he was only averaging just over 14 fantasy points per game over that second half of the season. And that's in full PPR. And he was averaging just 10.7 carries per game during that span as well. You're bringing in Zeke, who's going to steal staff, steal carries, steal targets, steal goal line work. Stevenson's a guy who only had five touchdowns last year to begin with. He has gone way too high with running backs that have great, great upside. I just think Stevenson's way too risky of a pick and not a high enough ceiling this year. And then also I'm going with Kenneth Walker of the Seahawks. And his really comes down to, unfortunately, he's been dealing with a groin injury all preseason long and he is back at practice but we're not sure if he's still 100 those groin injuries can be very 
you know, just hard to figure out if you're going to be able to get through the season. It can come, you know, you can re-injure it at any moment. But also with that comes Zach Charbonnet, who's a second round running back. And he's bigger than Kenneth Walker. He's better pass catcher than Kenneth Walker. So if he steals that goal line work, pass catching work, Walker's definitely going to like have some long runs for sure. He's going to break off a lot. He's a great runner. He will get his fantasy points. But he scored more than 15 fantasy points in full PPR in just four games last year. And he was the main dude. And in three of those four games, he had two rushing touchdowns. So he needs he needs two rushing touchdowns to even give you a 15-point fantasy day. And he's he's still going too high as well. He's going around Pierce and Miles Sanders and Alexander Madison. And it's just well, like a round ahead of Madison. So he just he doesn't offer the upside for me, and he's way too risky to begin with with the competition he has and the injury. Yeah, I do agree with you on Walker. I just don't like the situation there. He had the core muscle last year that kind of slowed him down. I mean, it took him a while to get on the field, and all of a sudden Rashad Penny goes down. Kenneth Walker, you have to be the guy. We don't have anybody else, so he had to be pressed into action. So I'm a little concerned that he's starting his uh, career with some durability issues. With Ramondre Stevenson, it's interesting, Michelle. The Patriots, in some weird cuts, ended up with only one quarterback, Mac Jones because they had to do some other things on the roster and they only have two running backs. They traded Pierre strong to the Browns. So there's not a lot other than Ezekiel Elliott, but I think you're right. I think his ADP has gone a little too high for me. And I do like Stevenson, the player, but I don't want to invest that high in him. I think there's a chance for him to bust out easily in this offense because Ezekiel Elliott is there. They could easily sign one of these backs plug them in and it's old, Patriots, right? Mixing in guys, you don't know what they're going to do. And I think I feel the same here about Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. I don't like this situation at all. Brees Hall seems to still be recovering from the knee injury. Dalvin Cook has some shoulder injury. I just don't like the way things are going here with this backfield. And they moved on from Bam Knight, which was a bit surprising given the injuries of these guys. But they also did draft Israel Abani Kanda. So they do like him as well. They have Michael Carter. So this could be a situational backfield. I'm not sure who's going to get the key touches. Week one, it's already a tough matchup against the Bills. I don't know what return you're going to get. I think if Brees Hall was alone, and I'd feel better about that because that would mean, okay, the Jets think he's healthier. There's nobody behind him. But now you have Dalvin Cook, who's banged up. So you have two kind of uh, banged up running backs here. Tough schedule tough division overall so i'm not sure that i want to invest resell and dalvin cook and try to figure this out i don't want to guess and the jets just to go hot hand every week i just don't want any part of this so those are my two picks there with alvin kamara also going to Brees hall yeah i don't think Brees hall will be necessarily consistent but i don't think I think he's a risky pick, but not so much low reward. Like you could get a really high reward from him, especially if something happens to Delvin Cook. But even with both of those guys in the backfield, I think he has the home run hitting potential, which we've seen over and over in his rookie season and just a small sample size. Like he's going to have a lot of long plays. And I do, I don't think all of the goal line work is going to go to Delvin Cook. You expect the Jets to score quite a bit, unlike the Patriots there, where they have to share, you know, the backfield on offense that we don't know what it's really going to look like. Like, so I'm okay going Brees Hall. I, like, he, he's gone around Kenneth Walker. I'd prefer, prefer Hall over Walker. 
he's going after Stevenson. I would still prefer Hall after or Hall before Stevenson. So this one, I'm, I'm I'm agreeing with you that he's risky, but I do think he has a high enough reward that I would be willing to go with him if he falls into the right spot for me. Yeah, I think that's also my concern. His ADP is way up there. He's going like RB 15, 16. There's some really good players around that spot that are not sharing with people, including Miles Sanders and some other of those guys you mentioned earlier, including Alexander Madison. Even though I don't love Alexander Madison, I know he's not in the split backfield where there's an unknown quantity about what he's going to do. So the, those are our choices at running back. We'll get to two wide receivers each in our second segment here. Then we'll each pick a quarterback and tight end that we're calling our riskiest picks on the board with a limited reward here for 2023. I do have to tell you more about our title sponsor, LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified hands available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's very easy to build a job there to post on LinkedIn Jobs. And then you just add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools such as screening questions make it easy to make it a focus on the candidates that you want to look for with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire for your business. Why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnFL to post your job for absolutely free terms and conditions do apply. All right, Michelle, we are moving on to wide receivers. These are risky picks, ones that we're avoiding in drafts uh, because we just don't want to deal with the headache here. So, Michelle, you have some interesting picks. I think the second one is uh, making a lot of sense with Jerry Judy, but T. Higgins, uh, talk about him, and uh, Higgins and Jerry Judy are your picks. Yeah. So T Higgins, let's start there because people might say, how is he risky, right? Like he's a really good wide receiver. He's in a great offense and you know, he's going to be a fine wide receiver too, right? Like, so it's not so much risk in that he's going to kill your team. It's risk that you're spending such a high draft pick on T Higgins where he has a very low ceiling, right? Like he was a wide receiver 18 last year. And we have to remember Jamar Chase missed a handful of games. He got to be the wide receiver one. He had some really nice performances in those games, and he still was just a wide receiver 18. This team has shown you how they want to use him. 108, 110, and 109 targets. Like, identical nearly, right? Just off by one or two each of his three years and how many targets he receives. Uh, This team, you know, it goes through Jamar Chase. They run the ball with Joe Mixon. They get some targets to Tyler Boyd. They use their tight end. They use their running back. They they just spread the ball around, right? So I feel like with T. Higgins now, we have three years of evidence that what he is, and he's a really good wide receiver. Like he could be a great wide receiver one for a team. He's just unfortunately a wide receiver two, but he's never even hit 1,100 receiving yards in any of the seasons. You know, 1029 last year again with Chase missing a handful of games and six, six and seven touchdowns. Like that's just not worthy of a wide receiver 14 pick. It's too high for a guy that sure. Maybe he ends at wide receiver 14, but you're picking him at his ceiling. 
with not yeah. enough reward for me. There's other guys going around them that have potential to be their wide receiver one for the team, to be a top five wide receiver. And that's still what you're shooting for when you're taking one of these guys. It's a guy that can end in the top five. You're not taking the wide receiver 14-15, hoping he's wide receiver 14-15. Like that's just not your goal. If he ends up being that, that's fine. It's not going to kill you, but that's just, I, I don't see the upside there with Higgins and his cost is just too high. And then with Jerry Judy, I think this one's pretty simple, right? He's had just issues staying healthy. And I just, I don't want to deal with it for a guy that hasn't shown us anything. It's all just projections. Like he could be good because he was really good coming out of school. That's basically it. And he's shown a couple flashes in the NFL, but so, so far he's played 38 career games, right? 26 of those 38 games, he scored fewer than 12, sorry, 12 or fewer fantasy points in full PPR in 26 of the 38 games. He's hit 20 plus points in full PPR in just five games. I said this on a, a yesterday or the day before his podcast, but Judy had 80 plus receiving yards in six career games, nine total receiving touchdowns over his three years. Like, what are we, what are we doing here? He's yeah. injured. He hasn't shown us he can stay in the field and he hasn't really done anything yet in his career. He's going too high wide receiver 26. You could take Tyler Lockett or Deontay Johnson or Chris Godwin or Drake London, just guys that have, you know, more safety and higher upside than Jerry Judy. Yeah, I do like your Jerry Judy pick a lot. I know you're younger than me, so you may not remember this, but uh, calling out the late uh, Bob Barker, who just passed away on The Price is Right. They had that game where the guy goes up the cliff, and if you have the wrong price, the guy comes tumbling down the cliff. That's <laughs> what I feel like Jerry Judy was. I was like, okay, I'm buying into Jerry Judy. Uh, yodeling, he comes crashing down. I want no part of Jerry Judy. So I was looking at him as a sleeper wide receiver too. Now I'm totally out. I don't want any part of Jerry Judy. And with your choice on T. Higgins, I really do like that because – I'm not targeting T. Higgins. I'm not excited to draft T. Higgins. He's a guy, oh, there's a guy right there in the middle of the wide receiver twos that I'm going to take. No, it's not very exciting. You know he's not the number one. Let's wait till next year. He probably gets traded to, like, say the Colts before they can sign him to a big contract. He becomes our new A.J. Brown slash D.J. Moore, those type of receivers. That's what we need. We need him to go somewhere, be the number one, not share with a dominant guy as soon as Jamar Chase. So, Good choices there. Mine are totally tied to injury, and just I do not like these type of players. Keenan Allen, his upside is always so low. He doesn't score touchdowns. He's getting old. He's 32. He's got hamstring injuries. He's had a torn knee in his past. And we like our guy, or Michelle, you called it out on him, Mike Williams. I think Mike Williams, Quentin Johnston, Joshua Palmer, that's the future of this Chargers offense. It was exciting. I think we're only drafting him because oh, he's tied to Justin Herbert. He's in the Chargers offense. We like Helen Moore, but let's look at the player. He's old. He could end up in the Hall of Fame because he's been very productive and he's a great all-around receiver, but we know the injuries are just too much, and he's had too many of late plus the age. And Debo Samuel, I just don't like his role because he's caught in between Brandon Ayuk, who's going way later, George Kittle is there. You don't know in any given week which guy you're going to get from Debo. His running floor is totally gone with Christian McCaffrey, and the receiving is also hurt by Christian McCaffrey. So I don't know what why people are just saying, okay, Debo, we're going to take him here and pretend like it's 2021. It's not happening again. I just think he's a fine reality receiver, but Brandon Ayuk has been pretty solid, and 
I'm McCaffrey Kittle. I just don't want a guy that's kind of intermixed with those uh, three other weapons there. So those are my choices there. So I think this might be the time where I've never disagreed with you more throughout our month of podcasting together so far. Both of these guys I really like this year with Devo Samuel, especially like he's, he dropped the poundage. He was a big boy last year. I don't know if he was buffing up to, you know, play more running back or what, but he's dropped the pounds. He looks faster. He looks good. He agrees. He stunk last year. I think that the team used him in such a weird way. Everything was so short. His average up the target was like two yards. It was insane for a wide receiver, but we have to remember in 2021 when he broke out, it wasn't just the rushing. He had like, he had 1,400 receiving yards that year, and they stopped using him as a receiver in the second half of the season. He could have broken the record if they kept using him. I really like what I'm seeing out of Brock Purdy. I think Debo's still going to be the focal point in this offense with Christian McCaffrey, and I still think Brandon Ayuk is the wide receiver too. So I like taking – I think Debo is risky, right, but he has high upside, so that's yeah. where we disagree here. And then Keenan Allen – yeah, I guess he doesn't have the highest ceiling, but I love Justin Herbert so much this year, and I can't do that without also loving his wide receiver one, right? I think Mike Williams will lead the team in touchdowns, but Keenan Allen will most likely still lead the team in targets. If you're playing in a full PPR league, I think Keenan Allen's a fine pick. There is some injury risk there, uh, but with how many targets and receptions he should get, like he'll be fine. Yeah, again, I just don't like old receivers. I mean, once they get to a certain point. You're ageist. Yes, I am, because they just, especially a guy with a ton of injuries, like we can't ignore that. I mean, this guy has been banged up quite a bit. And again, this is why you invest a first round pick if you're the Chargers and getting a new body in there, despite having Joshua Palmer, who was very good last year when he had to fill in for both those guys. So I think the Chargers offense can chug along, even if Keenan Allen is not part of it. And Debo, I don't know if the reward is as high just because there's other guys and we know it's week to week with them, right? Sometimes it's Kittle week, sometimes Brandon Ayuk week. And some of those factors that weren't there a couple of years ago, Kittle, we'll see if he's healthy. I think Kittle has to get hurt a little bit. Brandon Ayuk has to get a little Which bit. Which is going back. to happen. He gets hurt every yeah. year. <laughs> so we have to, there's a lot of other contingencies we got to worry about for this to happen. So I do like Debo, but I just, I'm not going to pay him or pay at that cost to get him. So we'll get into our quarterback and uh, tight end picks here in our final segment. We'll see if we disagree as much on those. And I do have another 49er, I have to say. So uh, it's not Brock Purdy, so you might know who it is, but we'll break that down the final segment here for you. Thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Every day, uh, we really appreciate you. We're, your destination become the smartest fantasy football player in the league, part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day. All right, Michelle, let's uh, wrap up the show here. Let's get right into it here. Who are your picks for quarterback and tight end as riskiest low reward picks? So I'll start here with Tua Tagovailoa, Dolphins quarterback. He was the quarterback 10 in fantasy points per game last year, and now he's going as the quarterback 11. So you might say that's that's a good deal, but he really just had that nice run. For fantasy in weeks eight through 10 against the Lions, Bears and Cleveland. It, it was it was a really solid run where he consistently was putting up close to 25 or more fantasy points. But in the other games, he had fewer than 16 fantasy points in eight of his 13 games played. And like, yeah, he can be quarterback 10 again if he happens, if he happens to get through the whole season without getting a bad sack and getting concussed. But one concussion could 
keep him out for the rest of the year. Maybe for his career. career too. Yeah. Career. So it's like, and it's not like with that injury risk, which I think is, he probably has the biggest injury risk among all players in the league right now when it comes to drafting one of any of these guys at any position, yeah. but you're not really getting the cost in that. Like, you're still having to take him around guys. Like he's only going a couple picks after Dak Prescott, right? Which I would much rather have Dak Prescott. But then you look at the other positions going around Marquise Brown, Jahan Dotson, Jordan Addison, Brandon Cooks, guys who still really matter for your fantasy team if you're to make like to take them. They can make huge impacts. And I just don't, two is not going to make a big enough of an impact, even if you were to stay healthy all year long to take that risk. Like I'm not taking on that risk to get the quarterback 10. You can find guys putting up quarterback 10 points anywhere in the draft. You can stream that all year long. I'm not, I'm not touching Tua with, with that risk this year. And then for tight end, it's Evan Ingram, tight end for the Jaguars. He averaged 10.4 fantasy points per game last year. It's good enough to be the tight end seven. I think we all were pleasantly surprised by his production, but he put up 22% of his total points in one week. He had 39 fantasy points in week 14, and he didn't really do a whole lot else the rest of the year. He scored six or fewer PPR points, PPR points. That's just six catches. He scored six or fewer points in eight of 17 games played last year, three or fewer points in five games. So he like just completely disappeared and was a ghost. Now you add in Calvin Ridley too, that's going to take away targets and he's He's going as if he's going to be the quarterback seven again this year. I'm sure he will have some nice big games, but going way too high. He's going one pick after Deontay Johnson. He's going picks before, you know, Marquise Brown that I brought up before, before George Pickens. Like, go take guys that are going to make such a bigger difference to your team than drafting Evan Ingram, who's going to often score three to five points in your lineup. Yeah, those are really good picks. I mean, I just don't get it. Evan Ingram is not going to do what he did last year. It's simply not going to happen. There's a key number one for trickling down the production for Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. Why aren't we doing the same for Evan Ingram? It doesn't make any sense. So I agree with you there. Tua, you said it all with Tua. I mean, I 100% agree with everything there. So I think you're spot on with those. Uh, I'll get to my tight end first and get him out of the way. It's George Kittle. I love George Kittle, the player. He's one of my favorite players to talk to when I'm out there in the field. He, he might be my favorite reality player in the NFL. But fantasy, I've had him on my teams. I've uh, had some success with him, but he's just a boomer bust type player from week to week. He's not always reliable for the touchdowns. Again, it's part of why with the Debo, like it's a different person every week here in uh, Brock Purdy is good so he spreads the ball around a little bit so you can't say he's going to target one guy and pepper him and that that's part of the thing and this 49ers offense wants to get all the guys involved but George Kittle looking at his price too Michelle we've talked about this we like around that same time we like TJ Hawkinson and Darren Waller maybe a little bit better than George Kittle given their roles on their specific teams as key receivers so I just think he's a little too expensive and I don't think he should be lumped in right behind Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews in that kind of, I guess, tier 2A or whatever you want to call it. So I don't like that price. And Deshaun Watson, I'm just out on Watson. I just have a bad feeling. I just don't like the things that are going on here. They looked 
inconsistent in training camp. I'm not sure how he's going to play, but I just think he's going way too high for me. And you talk about Dak Prescott in that same range being a safe pick. I'd rather have Dak right there in that eight, nine QB eight, eight, nine, 10 range than Deshaun Watson. Cause there's some upside guys behind that we've also talked about, right? Daniel Jones may not be getting enough love for what is around him. You got Kirk Cousins, who I've talked about a little bit, and we dig deeper for our three favorite sleepers here, potentially collectively, Jordan Love and Kenny Pickett and Sam Howell. What am I getting exactly in Deshaun Watson that I need to force myself into getting him where I think there's better buzz around all those other quarterbacks that I've talked about than Deshaun Watson. So I'm out on Watson. That's my biggest thing. Uh, I don't know what you feel about those picks. Yeah, with Watson, it's so hard because when we started the preseason, right, or started the offseason, we're like, Deshaun Watson has to get back to his older self, right? Like, he can't, he's not going to stink as bad as he did last year. And I still agree with that. He's not going to be as bad as he was last year. But all the reports coming out of camp and the preseason games, they have not been pretty. I mean, he doesn't look all that much more improved. Maybe it, maybe it's just the offseason. He's going to come out and be fine. Or maybe he's not a right fit for Kevin Stefanski's offense. Like, there's sometimes yeah. that, Play callers and quarterbacks just don't mesh. And that could be the situation. And like you said, it's just not really worth the risk for me when you can take other guys uh, around him, especially with Dak Prescott going literally like almost back to back of the two. I'm always going to take Dak over him. But there's guys you can get later that are not as risky that have similar upside. So there's just no point here. And we also just don't know yet if Watson can play in the cold because every time he's played in the cold in his career, it's been ugly. I don't have the stats up right now, but I've done the research. It, even in the few games he had to play with the Texans when he had to go to the cold, it's been terrible. And I lived in Cleveland and it gets cold fast. Like beginning yeah. of November, that wind and that cold and being in that city, it, the, the stadium is right on the lake and it's brutal. And we don't know if he can play in that weather yet. So too many risks all around there for me. And also with all of that risk, I mean, just, like, do you really want to root for yeah. him as well? Right. It's not fun to root for him either. And for me anyway. So like I'm staying completely away. Yeah, I think uh, we've made some good calls here for sure. So these are guys, again, maybe you want to think about, uh, maybe highlight in a different color to make sure you're trying to avoid in your drafts as much as possible, unless their price is right. I mean, everyone is draftable at some point if their ADP lowers enough in relation to where they are. But where they are currently, these are some players that we think are inflated. So we'll have a lot more uh, good stuff for you to help you uh, dominate your fantasy football drafts here. Locked on Fantasy Football. It's your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in the league. Part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. For Lockdown Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. And I'm Michelle Majik. Bye, y'all.